Hey, ladies, this is Paige Scott uh, with Entourage Ministries. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Um, podcasting is one of my most favorite things that we do in terms of the ways that we minister to women or attempt to minister to women. Uh, and if you've listened before, I've said that before. It has been true in the past, and I have a feeling it's going to remain true in the future. And so I'm here with my friend Jesse today. Jesse's our worship leader at Entourage. If you've been to our monthly gathering in Durant, Oklahoma, it's the second Tuesday of the month. Anyone is welcome to come. You don't have to live in Durant. We even had some Texans show up last time. And, uh, and so, but we're here. In our favorite little building, I um, want to give you some context on that in case you hear some weird sounds. Uh, my mom, who's also part of the Entourage team, she owns an old garage building. We call it the Annex. It's next to her restaurant. And it's kind of cute and girly on the inside as much as possible for being an old functional garage. And so uh, we began doing some ministry out of this building about a year ago. And I was thinking as I was sweeping the floor one day, oh, Lord, this place is so far from imperfect. It was flooded inside. It was cold inside. And I just felt the Lord um, nudge me and say, but my love in this place is perfect. And so we hope that carries through as we sit in this place that you feel the perfect love of the Lord come through um, every moment of what we say. And if you hear cars in the background, it's because we're near um, a major road in Durant. So hopefully you don't hear too many, but that's what's going on in our little podcast world today. I always want to be rooted in the Word when I come to you because the Word is truth, the Word is life, and the Word is timeless. And so today, where I think we're going to be uh, for this episode is predominantly in James chapter 4. And I like to read from the Amplified Version. I like lots of words and descriptives. If you don't like that, then you probably would not like this version. But I'm just letting you know that if you're driving and listening, thinking that verse sounds a little, a little more elaborative than what I remember it, it's because I'm reading from the Amplified Version. So James chapter 4, beginning in verse 6 and going down to verse 10, I just want to get a foundation laid with these verses. James is a book in the New Testament. It's a short book, but it's a powerful book. One uh, that would be uh, great to read if you just had a, a few minutes to read one day and wanted to get a lot of good content in quickly. This is an excellent book. So James 4 verse 6. It says, but he, and speaking of the Lord, but he gives us more and more grace through the power of the Holy Spirit to defy sin and live an obedient life that reflects both our faith and our gratitude for our salvation. Therefore, it says, God is opposed to the proud and haughty, but continually gives the gift of grace to the humble who turn away from self-righteousness. So submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin, and let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. Oh, that's powerful scripture. So as I was preparing to spend some time podcasting today, uh, this episode was not on my heart because this episode requires me to humble myself. And I don't know about you guys, but that's not... Um, 
that's not something that is on my agenda every day when I wake up. It should be. That would be fruit uh, from a very spiritually mature life. I'm going to wake up and I'm going to walk in humility today. I think we're actually called to clothe ourselves with humility, but that's not something that I practice as much as I should. So I pull out this, I've got this, if you could see it, this big Beth Moore devotional in my lap that uh, don't worry, don't be intimidated. I did two pages of the devotional about 10 years ago, and then I put it away forever. That's kind of my approach to most devotionals that I begin. Although I like them, I'm not great to, to finish them. I'm easily distracted. And so this is something that I did literally, I guess it would be nine years ago, in February of 2010. And so I've opened this book up to look for something that I remember liking out of it that I've read. And as I'm going through the pages, I'm faced with the opportunity and challenge to read some of my responses uh, to questions that I was asked in this devotional nine years ago. And I've just got to tell you, and I'm, I'm going to embarrass myself, but I'm going to read my responses to you, but I was, I was a bit ashamed to read, to read these and to think, man, Paige, wake up. What was going on in your, what was going on in your walk then? Like, uh, why were you responding this way? But I felt the nudge of the Holy Spirit to say, you need to share on this because there are women that are in this place. And, um, and that's the truth that, that you need to deliver today. So, um, I'm going to be totally transparent with you. This is a question in this devotional. It says, and again, this is from February 2010. It says, when was the last time you read a verse or scripture or sensed a nudging of God in your spirit and asked yourself, how can this be? This was my response nine years ago. I'm both embarrassed and fearful to admit that it has been far too long. I feel through time and pride and sin in my life, I've distanced myself. The next question says, what would life be like without these kind of divine mysteries and impossibilities? What would we do if God never called us to greater things, to things that were more his size? In my response, having been in a place where God has called me to do things and now being in a place where he seems to be silent, I think this is miserable that he isn't calling me to do things that are his size. The next question says, think of a time when you sense the power of God come upon you in a moment of crisis or worship or perhaps an ordinary day. What was it like and why do you think he chose to reveal his presence so tangibly? My response kind of took the same tone as the previous one's. It has been so long since this occurrence took place that I sometimes doubt it, which is so wrong. I go on to describe an experience that, uh, that's still very real to me that had happened in a moment that I needed comfort in April of 2004. And so as I flip through the next page, which I've already told you was the only one that I continued to finish, uh, I see similar types of answers. And uh, I just want to pause because I'm on the other side of the microphone. And you may not know me. You may not know my heart. And I may be annoying you in the same way that Beth Moore probably annoyed me by these questions about all these divine revelations and mysteries and nudges from the Holy Spirit. And, and I am in a season where I feel those and I experience those. But that hasn't always been my walk with the Lord. 
But that didn't mean that God was not moving at that time. And it didn't mean that God was not working at that time. So I'd like to just take a minute and talk about that. If you're in a season where you're not experiencing the Lord, um, I think there are a lot of people that would that would give you uh, advice or thoughts on why that is or isn't. And I want to walk that line with a lot of caution and wisdom because we have a whole book in the book of Job uh, where Job's friends are telling him incorrect things about what his experience is or what his experience isn't. So I want to disclaim the rest of this content by saying I'm talking about my experience with the Lord and, and I'm sharing it in transparency and humbling myself, hoping that God will be exalted in the circumstances of your life and that you won't be sitting filling up pages about um, experiencing God one time in 2004 and just feeling like God is not doesn't have a call on your life right now or that God is being silent towards you right now. I know because I know what the rest of that year entailed that God had big plans and big things that he was unfolding in 2010, but that day I couldn't see him. And so uh, just to go back in in time, uh, 2010, I was in my first year of marriage. Talk about a year of transition. Holy moly. I had never lived with anyone but my mom and my roommate in college, and she was like a mom to me. And so living independently really was not something that was all on my radar. So I was balancing living, learning to live as an adult and also with another human being. And wow, that was a lot of transition. So uh, from that alone, I know that my heart and my mind were pretty occupied with that right there. Um, I was a senior in college, and I was in my last semester of school um, looking forward to whatever the future would entail. And then simultaneously, I had also agreed to take up a full-time job, event planning for a resort in our community. And so when I look back to that season where I'm saying, the Lord is being silent, I'm not hearing from the Lord, um, I think I can say with a lot of clarity now, I didn't create a lot of space for the Lord to move in my life during that time. I filled up my hours with things that were not bad things. They were necessary things, working a job, working on my studies, uh, learning how to be married to my awesome husband, Justin. But at some point, I didn't invite the Lord into all of those situations, yet I was just expecting Him to show up and to drop one of these divine moments of inspiration on me without expecting Him in the day-to-day. And so I would just say, uh, to anyone that, that in your life right now, you're thinking, I am not hearing from the Lord. The Lord is being silent toward me. I just want to ask you about your schedule right now. Like, what does it look like from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed? Is there space for the Lord during your day? There wasn't for me at that time. I bet that I probably bought this book I'm right. I'm turning around the back of it. I see it. It's a sticker at Ross. Uh, I bought this book at Ross probably in an attempt to try and bring some consistency of being uh, inspired in the Word into my life. Um, but this probably was the bulk of me being in the Word. I actually probably wasn't in just straight up the Bible. I was reading about someone else's revelations instead of getting my own. So again, just looking at my own life and in this moment where I'm like, Lord, I'm not experiencing you, but I have before. And now I'm just not feeling like life is the fullest. Like stop and look at your life through that lens. Is there time and is there space for the Lord? And 
and I would like to say too, that doesn't have to look like a certain time every day. It doesn't have to look like a certain space every day. I think it's more of a condition of the heart and opening the eyes of your heart, humbling yourself before the Lord and saying, my circumstances are totally out of control. I can't find a minute to breathe or in my life now, I can't find a minute to go to the bathroom without my toddlers knocking on the door. But am I looking for the Lord in the moments of chaos? Because it is often in those routine moments that the Lord does speak and He is speaking and He is calling us to do things. It's just a matter of if we're inviting Him into those spaces. And so, uh, so that was one thing going on, or a variety of things going on in my life at that time uh, that I was busy, that I was probably not actively seeking the Lord as a priority in my life. It was more of like a, more like a, hey, do I have that thing in my purse that I need today? That probably was really indicative of what my walk with the Lord was like. Secondly, as I look back to 2010, I know that I had a lot of hurt in my heart uh, from from my parents' divorce that had happened six years before. I wasn't fully aware of it. Probably at that time, it was something that I thought I had dealt with fully. But I think my heart really wasn't even in a place to receive all the love that God was trying to pour out on me. It was still a bit fragmented, and I wasn't spending enough time with the Lord to really even recognize His invitation to healing and wholeness in my heart. I recognize that now. That's a, I'm, in a, I'm in a different place. And so um, two more things that I just want to share um, to encourage you. Um, I talked about how I'd open this devotional probably as a means of trying to connect with the Lord. Man, the Lord will meet you where you are. And so a devotional for you may be the perfect thing. It may be uh, just what you need to get started in having a day-to-day walk with the Lord. But I can say about my own experience that in my times of growth, substantial growth, it is because I'm in the Word of God, the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, all that beautiful text in between. And so because I was not consuming that at that time, I was starving myself spiritually. I was living off of nourishment from years prior. I was living off of nourishment that people told me about. I don't know about you, but I love to eat. I went to San Diego last week and it was restaurant week, which is the coolest thing in the world. They have fixed menus and you get to eat three courses. And I ate at this restaurant that was so good. Um, my, my two girlfriends that were with me, we talked our husbands into going back a second time. And you know, when they went with us the second time, they got to experience that meal for themselves. But had they not gone, they would have just been listening to our experience of eating. And I can tell in my life, that's what was happening at that time. I was living off old nourishment, or I was living off of nourishment that someone had told me about and expecting my breakthrough from from their meal instead of seeking the Lord on my own. Uh, The Bible says very clearly, I believe in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And you know what? I can tell you, I wasn't hungering and thirsting for righteousness. I was trying to carry the Lord around, around in my purse. And so um, last but not least, as I just think about this, you know, I, I am surrounded with uh, godly women and godly examples in my life. I, a lot of them are my family members, my mom, my mother-in-law. I've got a host of, of girlfriends that I 
we just walk together in our walks with the Lord and our values are the same. Our goals are, are similar in terms of, of wanting to honor God in our marriage and our homes. But I was not in a discipleship relationship with another woman that was farther along in her walk with me where she was holding me accountable and saying, hey, are you seeking the Lord? Um, hey, how's it, how's it going in your walk with the Lord? Where are you reading in your word? And in fact, as I think back to this time, I can remember my dad used to ask me all the time, what's the Lord showing you in your walk? And I like hated that question as I tried to like, scrounge up some answer like, God is good. God is faithful. Life's been busy. And I'm like, don't ask me about what the Lord is showing me because I'm trying to live off of a meal from six years ago. Somebody give me a break. And so, but we need, we need that person uh, that is just holding us into, into account and pushing us in, into uh, our place that is set for us at the table of the Lord to experience his feast and to delight in it. So to bring all of this full circle, and this has been a Oh, I know kind of a lot of random content. This is just like real talk with Paige. Like if you're my best friend and I'm sitting down with you, this is probably what I'm going to talk to you about right now. Um, if you're not hearing from the Lord, uh, what's your schedule look like? What are you eating on? What are you eating on? I mean, that's spiritually, not literally. Like, are you living off someone else's revelation? Are you seeking God for your own? Are you just coasting on something that you had from years gone by? Are you in the word for yourself? The Word of God says that it is living, it is active, it is sharper than any double-edged sword. And so those areas of your life and my life that need absolutely the most attention but maybe are the most private to us, it is the Word of God that comes into those situations and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit reading the Word of God that penetrates those areas, transforms them, and brings that healing, wholeness, and new life out of it. And last but not least... Are you in relationship with someone that is maybe a little farther along with you uh, than you are in their walk and they're prodding you on faithfully like a, a shepherd with a sheep? Or maybe they're, maybe you're just sheep together and you take, you take turns getting each other, um, you know, out of pits. Actually, sheep can't get each other out of pits. I showed sheep once. They're the most ignorant animals and they would get their heads stuck in chicken wire in the fence and they couldn't get it out on their own. I would literally have to go remove it for them. But back to the illustration that I was using, you may be on a journey with someone that's in a similar place with you, and that's okay too, as long as you're walking toward the right things together. And then certainly um, we should repent. If there's sin in our lives that's unconfessed, like bring it to the Lord. If you're seeking the Lord, He's going to deal with that. If you're in your word, if you're with godly counsel, if you are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, as you are seeking the Lord and He is pouring into your life, those those things are going to come to the surface that you need to turn over and lay at the feet of the Lord. So I conclude all of this with wisdom from the book of James, James chapter 4, where, where we begin. And specifically looking at verse 8, James 4 verse 8, Come close to God with a contrite heart, and He will come close to you. Wash your hands, sinners. Purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. It goes on to say, be miserable, grieve, Weep over your sin. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and He will exalt you. He will lift you up. He will give you purpose. That's a promise for you. It's a promise for me. And we find that purpose, and we find 
uh, that fulfillment from drawing near to him. So my prayer for you today, sister, is that if you're in the middle of doing a devotional, that your answers don't look like mine, that you're not saying God is being, God is being so silent. God has no call on, on my life right now. Um, I've not experienced the Lord. God never sleeps. He never slumbers. His plans and promises are yes and amen for us in Christ Jesus. If you have been seated in Christ I just conclude all of this by telling you a story. I told you I'd began working full time and I was finishing. I was finishing at the university. When I finished at the university, I continued in my full time job. I didn't have a lot of peace over that job. Go figure. If we know from looking at my devotional and my response that I was not experiencing authentic fellowship with the Lord, so there wasn't a lot of peace there. And it was okay for a while, but at some point, uh, it had stirred up an unrest in my soul. And so I told my husband, like I, I could feel the conviction of the Lord that actually. He was calling me into something, but it meant I had to listen to what he was trying to say to me about where I was at that time. So it's May. I've just graduated from college. Check, check, check. Like all these things are going great. And then like it's time to resign from my first job ever. And that was not part of my grand plan of success in life. My husband had also just sold a company and he was without like long-term gainful employment. And so I tell my husband, like, I feel like I'm convicted to leave my job. And my husband, a man of wisdom, says, okay. And so that was it. So this uh, was a Sunday morning. Well, that afternoon, I got a call from an acquaintance. And that acquaintance said, hey, I was sitting in church today with my wife. And I leaned over to her because the Lord had put you on my heart. And I said to her, Paige Scott is supposed to take my job. He worked for a U.S. senator, and it was something I was so inept to do. I didn't know anything about policy or politics, anything of that nature. But when he shared that with me, I wept because I knew that in the moment I was willing to humble myself and be still and listen to the Lord, I recognized that he was responding to me. But until that morning when I had laid my desire to his feet, opened the eyes of my heart, opened the ears of my heart, I didn't even know what it was he was trying to do. And so without question, that is one of the most tangible experiences of, uh, of seeing God's faithfulness in my life. I went on to, to have that job and, and to have so many revelations about what my authority in the Lord is like because I'd worked under, under the authority of a U.S. senator. I think it was really just a whole spiritual parable in my life to teach me about living under God's authority. But that was all in the same year. So I, I say to myself, how dare I say in the devotional, God's not working. God has no calling. I don't hear you. God was doing something the whole time, but I just, I wasn't in the zone. I wasn't in the conversation, but praise God for his goodness and his faithfulness. So if he is, if he seems silent today, consider the things that I've shared with you about my life and my experience in this podcast. And if you have questions, send us a Facebook message, an Instagram message, or an email at connect at entourageministries.com. If you're struggling in your walk, we want to pray for you. We want to spur you on to faithfulness, to goodness, and to fellowship at the, at the table of the Lord. Uh, thanks, ladies. Father, I pray for every woman listening to this today. Father, if there was a morsel of truth that she needed to hear, I pray that it would plant deeply in her heart, that the seed of truth would be protected and that it would bring forth some kind of fruit of what you are trying to produce in her life through your spirit. 
Thank you for the opportunity to abide in you. I pray that every woman listening would have a greater revelation of what it looks like not to just walk by and to look at a vine, but to abide and rest there because that makes all the difference. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.